Hello, welcome to Stories of the Ones That Got Away. My name is Mitchie, and I'm the special voice that you're going to be hearing today on this episode. And today I'll be telling you about a time in my life when I was younger where I thought I might end up with a Broadway career and how that didn't go as I expected. Stories of the Ones That Got Away is unfiltered conversations about what could have been. I'm your host, Tolu Agumbiade, and on this episode, I speak with my friend Michi about a Broadway career that wasn't meant to be. I love having conversations with Michi because she pushes my thinking. She's one of those people who brings excellence to everything she does. Michi hopes to one day scale high quality and affordable education services that prepare young people for the future of work. She's currently in business school and when she's not studying, she loves to dance hip hop. Tell me about this Broadway career that got away. <laughs> Taking you back, this was actually all the way back when I was in the second grade. So I was in the second grade and at this time my great grandmother was still alive. Uh, her name was Lola Lucy. So Lola is grandmother in Filipino and she was celebrating her 95th birthday. And for that 95th birthday, because my family is a little extra, we decided to throw this gigantic birthday bash where literally everybody from like second cousins to third cousins would participate in this big show that everyone was going to prepare for for two months before the actual birthday. We even hired like special choreographers. Uh, we had like a whole sound system set up. It was it was so crazy. And I think about it now, it was quite the production. But uh, so I was eight years old at the time. And my mom obviously signed me and my little sister up for this because she thought it would also be super fun for us to meet our cousins and, you know, bust a move or perform in front of this this huge crowd. And because I happened to be like at the upper end of the age range of the younger set of cousins, they decided to make me the like lead for the like young kids' presentation, which was supposed to be a rendition of The King and I, which is this really old movie uh, where this, this young girl goes to be the teacher of the king's children in this like large palace and there's a song in that movie that they wanted us to perform i have no idea how they selected this movie in particular I have no idea how they selected this theme or the song but that was what we were going with so because i was the eldest girl in that age range of cousins they decided to make me the lead so i essentially had to wear this really big poofy dress and I had to learn this song. I was lip singing, so I wasn't actually singing, but I still had to, you know, project and have like a big smile and like wear makeup and uh, do all of the things that I needed to do as a lead character. And after that performance, a ton of people came up to my mom and were like, why doesn't Mitchie try to do theater? You know, why doesn't she like go do acting lessons? She's really great. She has like good projection, big gestures. Like, I guess those are all the things people think that you need when 
you're trying to to go into a career in theater um or maybe it was also because I was eight years old and very chubby and very cute in this like poofy dress that I, I was wearing but yeah my mom all of a sudden got this like really big idea to to put me through acting classes so the next summer you know he she enrolled me in this company called Repertory Philippines, which is one of the big theater companies back home. And they had summer workshops for kids of all ages. So I was eight and, you know, trucking up to this thing. And I really loved it. I mean, that summer was like so magical for me because I also tended to be a bit shy. So they taught me like how to feel comfortable with my stage presence, how to be aware of my body how to, you know, like enunciate and and use my facial expressions to really kind of connect with the audience. And like, you know, to this day, I'm like a big fan of the theater and musicals and just that type of, of art in general. And, you know, that summer actually was, for me, such a big turning point because that was also the first summer that I realized that I could do things outside of academics for the longest time, I think I had been so focused on school and getting good grades and making my mom proud and all of that. And I hadn't really been thinking about development outside of the classroom necessarily. That's kind of what ended up happening. And the the big kind of decision for me after that summer was whether or not to stick with it, because there were so many people in that theater company in particular who would continue on for the rest of the year or come back for subsequent summers because it was such a community that we were forming there and and that the the teachers were really trying to cultivate young talent which would then later on become the the leads of the the shows that they would put on for the rest of the year and i remember sitting in the in the theater on in the last week of the the workshop where we actually had to do um, a big show. So the show that we did was Charlie and, uh, not Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, uh, You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, which was also a musical. And I, I remember watching the older kids and they were doing Grease. I remember that in particular because there was this one guy who I found really cute who was <laughs> like playing the, the role that um, John Travolta plays in the movie. And I remember looking up at them and thinking to myself, wow, I would love to be there when I'm that age and able to play a more mature role. (laughs) And yeah, I I was seriously considering it. Like as a young kid, I I know it sounds silly to feel like that was a big decision for me at the time, but it truly was. And, you know, I think at that, at that moment, it was, it was very much a reckoning of like, well, is this, where I see myself, you know, I was also at that time reading a lot of Nancy Drew books. So I thought I was going to be a detective slash lawyer. (laughs) And neither of those things really panned out. But yeah, ultimately, I think what ended up happening was I became instead of an actor. So instead of like on stage, I like took on a lot more backstage roles. So when I was in middle school, I like assistant directed a play um, and I kept on like becoming a spectator. So I, I was, I had season tickets to the theater every year with my mom and my sister where we would go and attend all the shows. So my relationship with theater became a little bit more of like a hobby 
um, and as like a side interest, but not necessarily as like a career, because I think I realized that it would be a little tough to be an artist um, and especially one that didn't necessarily have a good singing voice, but like loved the acting side of it because so much of theater is the, uh, the, the singing as well. So yeah, unfortunately after that summer, I didn't decide to continue on no matter how much I actually loved it. And yeah, and I think that that was perhaps like a big decision for me because then I started looking for it in different spaces, like, you know, looking for it in school. So I was always like performing somehow in school, um, whether that was dance, whether that was like some of these side um, musicals or, or, or small theater productions that school would hold. Um, or I would like be in the sound booth or in the light booth. And I was always involved in some way, but I just never took it any more seriously than I could have. Um, kind of rising the ranks in that theater company and attending throughout the years. So yeah, today it continues to be the one that got away. I wonder what would have happened if I continued on that path and truly became a theater a theater junkie, <laughs> which is so different from the MBA that I am taking now. <laughs> no. This story is so many levels of wild. Like one, I did not know this part of your history and I'm just mind blown right now. I don't even know where to start from. I love how extra your family is. I just love <laughs> the, whole, the whole idea of that Queen and I production. Or was it King and I? Yeah. And, you know, we were so extra that it wasn't just that, right? So each age group had their own performance. So I remember the teenagers doing something along the lines of um, kind of like cabaret style. And then the adults had like a, um, they, they danced to We Are Family. <laughs> so there was like a whole range of different performances. So it, yeah, it was, it was incredibly extra. I, I just need to be in your family for, I need to come one of these Christmases. I keep on saying we should do it. It just, everything makes so much more sense now. All of the pictures <laughs> and traveling together, like, I can, I can imagine it now. Yo, yeah. I love it so much. And then I was thinking, wait, there's a, an alternate universe, Michi, that was probably in Hamilton. That is interesting to think about. Okay, you're eight. You have this amazing stage performance with your family. I want you to take me to that moment when you realized you needed to decide. Yeah, you know, I was so young. And I don't think I realized at the time just how big that decision was probably going to be. Because, you know, when you're in the second grade, you're just bouncing from thing to thing. And you, you're you not really thinking about, like, the, the arc of your life or the trajectory of your career or anything like that. But I remember, um, so I was sitting in that theater when I first had that thought of, hey, these kids who are, you know, doing the Grease Lightning production, they're so cool. They're so talented. They clearly have had years of, of training and practice. And if I want to be that, which I did at the time, like I remember watching that production and thinking to myself, wow, I would love to, to become as articulate, like as confident, as able to both dance and sing at the same time without, you know, busting a sweat because that would show on stage with the stage lights. I remember thinking about that I remember thinking that I really wanted to become that person 
and then life got in the way right like you know I started third grade after that summer and third grade I became like president of my class I remember that was a huge thing for me that was the first leadership role that I took on and I just realized that I had other priorities and I didn't want to give up those priorities for what the life of theater would have asked of me which was a lot of sacrifice and a lot of the people who had spent so much of their time there obviously didn't do anything else and like I loved too many other things you know at that time those are also the the beginning of of kind of like dance for me and, and trying to to do that a little bit more formally as part of a troupe I really loved writing uh, which I like wanted to have the time to do as well. I also still wanted to do well in school. So it was a little bit of just like life getting in the way, honestly, but also that I realized that it would be a big time sacrifice. And I, at the time, just didn't have enough like impetus or willpower to to say that or to make that that stake or that stance in life. So I don't know, maybe if you, if it were later, maybe if I had done this in eighth grade or like high school, it would have been different. But at that stage, I was just a little too young and distracted (laughs) to make that big decision, you know? Yeah, but I mean, just even being able to analyze it in this way, I'm super impressed that second grade, third grade, you was able to do that. And maybe it's in retrospect that you're able to articulate it this way, but just how you were able to say, you know what, this thing that seems all shiny and fun, I don't think that's what I'll do long term. I don't even think adults me makes decisions that way. So No, that's true actually. Yeah. Do you do you remember what you were like as a kid in, in terms of making decisions like that? Like did your did your parents end up making decisions for you? Because I do feel my mom was the one who pushed me into that summer camp, right? So mm. ultimately like it was her decision also, but yeah. Do you remember if you had as much agency when you were younger, or maybe I'm just making it seem like I did, but <laughs> it didn't actually. That's something I'll love to explore some more as you're talking, just to see about the decision. But in my case, I think I always had strong opinions about things I wanted to do, but I wasn't always the final decision maker about my life up until. A certain age so very clear case in point I wanted to study computer science in university I didn't do that and that was purely parental pressure so I know that even though I had strong opinions about what I liked what I wanted to do the impression I got was that I needed to play the long game just you know get all of the things my parents wanted me to do out of the way till I hit a certain age and then past that age, you're just like, I done did everything you wanted. Goodbye. Now it's time for me to do all the things I want to do. But what I'm realizing is that there's so many things that only get harder the older you get. That if you hadn't built that mm-hmm. when you were younger, it's so much harder to get into it now. For example, like I still want to learn how to code. I have this grand dream that I'll be this 65-year-old granny who makes awesome <laughs> Um, computer programs and I'm just doing really dope stuff with tech and that's only because now I have this big tension between learning something new and involving as software engineering and computer programming versus the adulting lifestyle that I want because I like the finer things I'm just like if I have to go back to school 
to learn to program or actually invest the time it will take for me to code proper to the quality I want, then I'll have to sacrifice a couple of things when it comes to earning money and living in the kind of apartment I want to live in and traveling the way I want to do. So yeah, that's a tension that I face right now. Yeah. Decisions are so much more weighty in this age because there's so much more at stake and the opportunity cost just seems so much bigger. Yeah. So yeah, like I, I, I completely feel you on that. Mm-hmm. And that maybe, maybe actually it, we call it like the ones that got away, like these, you know, you could have been like a dope programmer yep. if, if, if that was the pathway that you ended up taking. But also at the same time, it was something that was thrust upon you instead of actually something that like you chose. So it's almost like, was it the one that got away or was it just like that side distraction that ended up like popping into what was actually going to be your path anyway? Yeah. It, it depends, I guess, your perspective on it, right? It, um, it really does depend on perspective. And I guess I, I'll still consider it the one that got away. And maybe it would even be good to hear from you. How do you define something that got away? That's a, I mean, it's a good question. I think for me, when I was like thinking about an example, I think for me, it, it, it's truly a thing that I could have seen myself falling in love with and like truly going with almost and I'm thinking about this not just in the sense of like a career path but also like a person you know there are so many people in our lives that have gotten away for whatever reason or that we let slip away for whatever reason and you know I I think I think about it as I truly could have seen myself pursuing it because I loved it and or because like it was it was something that was like within my wheelhouse of capabilities but that I deliberately chose not to do because I understood the trade-offs I would have to make. So it's not necessarily something that, oh, you know, I didn't want to or I didn't like it. It was something that I chose not to even if I did like it. And it's interesting that you'll say that because one thing I'm hearing is this element of it was something you deliberately chose not to pursue. So that element of agency as you framed it before. Whereas for me, it could be a lot more fluid than that. Yes, there might be some Mm. element of being deliberate, but there's also an element of you either not having a choice or not realizing you had a choice and not pursuing a thing with as much, much enthusiasm as you could have. For example, I think about how could I have pushed harder to study computer science? Is that, was that something that I could have done? Because I actually still think of that as something that got away because I can't say for certain that only my parents had the agency or the decision-making power in that. I didn't even push hard enough is something that I think of as well. So and maybe that's why these days I'm very, one of my, I guess, principles of things that I live by is that you have more options than you think. So I always still push hard mm. on my things. And maybe that's a lesson I learned from that time subconsciously. Yeah, maybe. And, and, and it's actually nice because I, I hadn't thought about it that way. Mm. Um, and if I had, I think I'd probably have come up with a, like a different story. But I also <laughs> wanted to go back to what you said about, you know, your mother having told you to go for the summer camp and how you're trying to see, I've forgotten how you framed it, but something about, you know, whether it was a decision she made for you, a decision you made yourself. Can you remember what you were talking about then? Yeah, I, I think I did. I, I mentioned that, you know, without her, would I really have 
ended up at that summer camp to begin with, which ended up then pushing me into that decision of, you know, do I want to continue this life of the theater, right? And yeah, I guess some, one thing that that makes me think about is how sometimes like doors open and, or sometimes, especially when we're younger, like our parents or teachers or whoever else was an influential figure in our lives, like really put things in front of us. And in the process of engaging with that thing or experience or lesson, whatever it may be, like it does end up holding special meaning and weight for us, even though it wasn't initially in our plan. And yeah, I I think what that made me think about was just that there are, it, it is a privilege to be able to say that I had a mother that cared enough about me to put me through a summer camp like that, which then led to this very formative experience for me and, you know, a little bit of a higher sense of self-awareness around what I wanted to do and the path I wanted to take. But a lot of people might not have that. And so it just reminds me to be grateful for the opportunities and the doors that do open. Um, But yeah, like, I, I wonder what the one that got away would would hold as meaning for someone that might not have had as many opportunities presented to them because you know most of these things even even like what you're saying about computer science and being able to study that like to be able to attend a university that offered that or to be able to have parents that like could have that discussion with you is also you know that that does form that experience so i i do wonder how that colors the idea of like missed opportunities or things that that kind of slip through your fingers you know do you know what your mother's preference in that situation would have been? And did you feel mm-hmm. that you were empowered to deviate from her preference in it as well? <laughs> Should we have her as a guest next time? Yes. Um, I would love to hear that. I, I actually don't know the answer to that. I, I, think, I think she would have preferred that I continued just because my mom is a woman of continuity and consistency. And she really she really put a lot of effort into that summer like driving me back and forth and it was it was a pretty expensive workshop too if i remember and she even helped me like raise funds because we needed sponsorships for the production that we eventually put up so yeah she was very invested i i think she would have loved for me to continue but i i think the reason that i would say i probably had agency to your question is getting access to the workshop is one thing but putting effort into it and actually showing up every day with like this mindset of learning was another thing right so for me I could have easily come and just goofed around and I was eight years old I could have like run around and like just done whatever but I do remember putting a lot of effort into like all of the improv activities that we would do I remember practicing really hard for my audition when we were trying to already assign roles for the play that we were going to put on. Um, I remember like really, really talking to my teachers um, and, and kind of liking the mentorship I was getting from them. So I could have just like lackadaisically been there, but I, I wasn't. So I do think it was, that was my choice. That was very much within my realm of control. And another thing that was my choice was like continuing, right? Because my mom wasn't going to fork over more money for something that I didn't feel like I was committed to or didn't uh, feel like I was learning much from. So I think that I also definitely 
control that situation then what I didn't control was that initial like getting over that initial hurdle of okay I'm gonna sign up okay I'm gonna you know do this thing and I, I'm actually really glad that my mom my mom helped me get there but the continuation part was was all me I think yeah that's good I'm really happy to hear and when you made the decision to stop do you remember what that felt like at the time it didn't feel like much actually um but I remember later on it, it like I think the gravity of it just built like over the next few years because I kept going to productions like I had a season ticket every year um when I got to middle school like you know I could have been one of the ones on stage but obviously by that point like people had already had had training and so like the roles that I would have gotten would have been super minimal like and I ended up just like helping out with lights and sounds right in the back so I remember it it growing over time as like wow I, I really did choose and you know I, I kind of I, I don't anymore have like the leverage that maybe I would have had if I continued but that only became real like as things progressed and not necessarily in that moment so for instance I remember I forget how old I was but I went to uh this showing of fame which is like one of the most famous musicals like years later and my teacher from that summer workshop was actually the lead role in that play and I was kind of transported back because she was there like right in front of me and like I I could could just hear myself thinking if I had stayed and if I had had this person as my mentor because she was like so invested in all of us and you know if I had been under her tutelage since I was eight like by now I probably would be like in the ensemble at least of the show you know like because she was the lead so she could have probably like gunned for me or like helped me train for the role or whatever so you know it can I think it kind of hit me also in that moment so it, it only became real later on mm. I think like the the gravity of the decision that I had made like it's, it's kind of what you were saying earlier about how yeah it takes a while sometimes to realize it was the one that got away you know yeah. that must have yeah. been so I don't know what what word to use to describe it but seeing a teacher from that time just be the main character the lead cast in a play that's I don't know it's a combination of something that I'll be super proud of to be like yo she taught me at some point <laughs> but also that, you know, what if I had stayed through that? But that leads exactly. me to the second question I have now, though, where knowing what you know now in which respects and whatever else, if you could go back to that point of making the decision, would you do it different or the same? I don't regret letting it go because I did end up having space to find other passions that I eventually did choose so one of them was like dance which I mentioned earlier and and I actually it did end up doing consecutive summers of like dance summer camps and dance workshops and like to this day I am I'm dancing and like as part of a troupe and performatively so I don't think that that would have happened if I hadn't given myself the space to discover that at the time maybe one thing I maybe would have changed was just to have done it maybe like another summer or two. I don't think that would have hurt, honestly, to, you know, continue a bit. 
and then see how that passion developed instead of just like making that decision in that one summer. That's maybe one thing that I would allow myself the leeway to do. But in, in terms of the the longer term effects of that decision, like I, I, I don't think I would undo it at all because I love, I love to dance and I love everything else that I've been able to pick up as a result of maybe not having a theater life and not being a theater geek. And yeah. I can in some ways see the lasting effects of that time even now. So it still plays a role in, in your life, whether it's even subconscious. Because I remember you saying it helped you with things like enunciation and confidence and awareness in your body. And those are some things I've come to associate with you just in the way you talk, in the way you move, in the way that you are. And I don't know if you were like that before, but just hearing you say here are some things you learned from that experience, I can see how they even carry through well beyond it as well. Yeah, no, that's a that's a really good point. I I hadn't thought about that even like the like even though I didn't continue it full on, like there's so many small things that I picked up during that time. Like enunciation is one, for instance. Um and and just general confidence. You're you're totally right. You're totally totally right. And were there are there any other lessons you think you learned from that experience? I think like one of them is just to to jump in and try something completely random and new which is actually maybe one of the reasons that I ended up doing dance you know I I hadn't necessarily had any big revelation that like hey like I might love dance I just like decided to try it like one summer and I loved it so I think it was a little bit of that like risk-taking mentality around new hobbies and new activities um which which I which I took from that summer because I was the first really odd and out of the blue thing I'd had decided to do um and maybe like a second thing around like discipline and really seeing that a lot of people take years to hone their craft which became very real to me when I saw you know like the older kids on stage or when I saw like my teacher perform as well where you know they they had been doing that like for years and and when we see people on stage normally it's like it feels so effortless like but what we don't see is so much of that backstage practice uh all those months of rehearsal like all of the yeah all of the you know practices that you do by yourself in front of the mirror memorizing your lines like we don't see that part but I finally I got I got an inside look into that when I did um, the workshop and and really realize that a show doesn't just happen you know like a show takes several like months to build up and then the talent for that show takes several years to build up as well so I think those are two big lessons that I take to today the last question I had uh, was is there a song or quote or a movie that you associate with this time in your life yeah Basically, it would be the the entire soundtrack of the musical that we were performing that summer, um, which which is called the You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. And actually, oh, this is like a good memory. The final song of that that musical was actually really beautiful. So it was called Happiness. And I'm not going to sing it because, you know, ugh, my voice is not what it once was when I was eight. But the the lyrics go... Happiness is morning and evening, daytime and nighttime too. It's tying a shoelace, catching a fly ball, you know, uh, eating ice cream on a hot day. It's like it's like it was all these very simple things, and the the musical kind of ended on that. 
And I think it's actually so fitting because like this time of life was just like a pretty, just like simple time of life. And it brought me a lot of happiness. And even though I didn't end up going that path, yeah, it, it was it was just a beautiful, a beautiful summer and a beautiful time in my life. Thank you for listening. You can find mentioned resources and links in show notes. If you have feedback, want to be a guest someday, or just want to say hello, please email sototga at gmail.com or mention us on Twitter at sototga. Stories of the Ones That Got Away is created and edited by me. The dope music you hear is Assassin by Kiro Shakedown. A bientôt